Hello and welcome back to season four of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast. It's been a crazy year but after a little break I'm so happy to be back chatting to lots of lovely plant obsessed people about their stories. From flower farmers and allotmenteers to some of the greatest garden gurus. Listen to us chat about all the things we've done in the name of plants. From our biggest achievements to our fabulous garden fails. This season is sponsored by Mole Valley Farmers, who are all about keeping your garden tidy this autumn. Visit them in stores across the UK or at moleonline.com from now until the 26th of October to make the most of their fabulous offers. You'll find discounts on items like wheelbarrows, lawn seed and bulbs ready to plant for spring colour. So head over to check out these items and many more. In this episode, I got to chat to the wonderful Hannah, who is at gingergrows1 on Instagram. Now, we've been following each other since the start of our gardening journeys around four years ago, and then we got to meet in person earlier this year at Hampton Court Palace. Hannah has a super cool job and an amazing growing space, and I'm so envious of her creativity with preserves. But before I give away too much, here's the first episode of the season. Enjoy! Hello, welcome to the podcast. It is fabulous to have you here. Hi Shannon, thanks for having me on. You are at gingergrows1 on Instagram and I followed you for years. I actually don't remember a time where I didn't follow your journey. Um, But then we got to meet at the show earlier this year, which was really exciting. Yeah, I followed you from the beginning as well. I think we got our allotments kind of at the same time. So I got mine in March 2019, I think. I think mine was Christmas 2018, so within a few yeah. months of each other. I think you were one of the first people that I started following on Instagram, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? I feel like I remember the people from the beginning the most as well, because it was like the people who kind of shaped how we ended up gardening. Yeah, definitely. I think I take, you take a lot of influence from the people that you see online and sort of what they're doing in their journey, don't you? Definitely. And so if we go back to the beginning of your journey um, in 2019, what what was it that kind of got you inspired to start gardening? Honestly, I just become really obsessed with like house plants. Um, and I lived in a flat at the time. Um, so it got a little bit crazy. So I had like tomato plants um, hanging from my windowsills and stuff. And it was just a bit like, it was just going crazy. I had like half a trellis in my kitchen trying to grow cucumber up it and stuff. And I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. So then, um, yeah, I applied for an allotment and I was actually really lucky because I messaged them on the Thursday and then viewed it on the Saturday and got the keys. No way. Me that like the hat wait years and years and years so I feel like I've been so lucky to get it that quick yeah again mine was really similar I got given mine for Christmas like dead out of the blue and I got to go and pick it like the next day so it was quite exciting I feel like we were lucky that we were just before like the big gardening boom because <laughs> yeah. there's everyone wants them now don't they yeah even our allotments where I feel like in the time that I've been there I've never known there to be a waiting list but since the pandemic it's just a bit crazy and like a lot of people have said it's quite morbid at some of the council allotments because you're essentially waiting for someone to die to be able to take over their allotment which is really sad yeah that is really sad there's some like just at the top of my street on and um 
I thought about applying to get one of those because I obviously I've moved a bit and I live a bit further from my old allotment now and I've put my name on the list and they were like oh it's probably going to be like seven yeah like there's a wait and this is that many people I was like oh wow like I thought it would just be so easy but it's just went crazy but it's good really that everyone wants to start gardening properly and stuff definitely I just think like it must be heartbreaking if you're someone who just wants to give gardening a go and they're like oh seven year wait like how do you keep the enthusiasm for long enough if you're waiting for that allotment for that long yeah definitely that was the point that I was at like I had just too many plants in the house but I mean it's always a good thing but you just sort of want some more space to experiment don't you Definitely. And then as soon as you've got some space, you're like, oh, I could do a little bit more just so I can do a little bit more. (laughs) I'm like that. I'm like, oh, well, now I have this much space. I need to double it. And you'll know what that's like at the minute with uh, everything you've got going on. Definitely. Although I at the moment, I have to admit, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of space I have at the farm. But um, it's exciting. It's just kind of like managing my own expectations more than anything I think that one of the big bits of advice that everyone on Instagram gave when I first started was to kind of like bite off small chunks and do even if it's like one year you only do it like a quarter of your plot it's better to do it in that kind of slow and steady way rather than going all out which with my allotments I've always gone all out but with the farm the scale of it is just that much bigger that it is actually impossible for me on my own to go all out so learning a lot this year (laughs) that's good though you'll get there and it's good uh, it's good to have that um that challenge in front of you definitely um so tell us a bit about your growing space so I have one full like full plot allotment um so it's like 28 meters by like 10 meters Mm -hmm. um started with a half and then the couple who had it next door to me um they had it for like 50 years so it was in such good condition oh wow and he just decided that it was a bit too much for him so he had asked if I wanted to take over his half as well um so now I've got two plots next to each other and he still pops out and like gets rhubarb and like herbs and stuff actually off it they're so lovely um they've helped me a lot actually since I got it and along the way like gave me loads of books and like loads of seedlings and stuff which is really nice um and then I recently started growing vegetables like produce outside and microgreens indoors for a restaurant in Newcastle and so that's like right on the quayside right under the time bridge so yeah the whole yeah well this whole growing season has literally just been gardening like completely like allotment at home in the yard um, and at work so I've loved every minute of it actually that sounds like an absolute dream come true also what a cool job I know sometimes I'm like is this really my job like in a greenhouse under the time bridge it's so cool and um, it's such a really good spot and everyone who works um on site has like really got the same sort of goal Mm-hmm. like everyone wants to just be more sustainable and I think the end goal really is to be like carbon neutral obviously it's a bit far off at the minute but I mean it's not impossible for us to do that and um, yeah it's just so much fun definitely and I think like there's so many little steps you can take I feel like microgreens this year has been a really big kind of talking point and the especially at the show actually um the amount of people that still have no idea what it is and how easy it is to do like you could literally do that at home on your windowsill yeah so easy um I think to be honest like I I was oblivious really until I started working there and then 
we've got like this thing upstairs where it's a whole setup with trays and it's like a self-watering system and everything mm-hmm. which is one end of the scale but you can also you could just do it in an empty like packet on your windowsill um so yeah I think it's it is still the area of gardening that nobody really knows about yet but it's up and coming I mean anyone can do it definitely I actually had no idea about it until I had um so fresh on the podcast and they sent me a microgreens kit and I started growing it and I was like this is unreal especially because my allotment is from where I live now it's like a 15-20 minute drive and so if I'm like oh just nip and get some lettuce like that's actually not not super sustainable to drive half an hour just to get a head of lettuce from the allotment whereas now I can have like microgreens on my windowsill and it's just like a really quick and easy way to get something a bit more nutritious into my very carb heavy diet (laughs) yeah you can do that you can grow anything as a microgreen actually like we've experimented with all sorts um like sunflowers even Mm. and do you have a favorite microgreen that you've tried probably pea shoots Mm, that's definitely one of my favorites you like go upstairs and you're like ooh, I'll just have like some of these and then you end up like eating half a tray of them you're like oh because <laughs> they're just so like easy to cut off and eat they're just lovely and they're so like crunchy and delicious I actually love them in like a cheese sandwich oh really mm. I've never tried them in a cheese sandwich before I'd really recommend I feel like it's a level up from like cress in sandwiches but I feel like everyone, the thing is, is you talk, start talking about microgreens and then you're like, it's literally, you you grew cress as a kid, like that is a microgreen. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know if kids maybe just don't do it so much, but we we did it with the mini gardeners pub. We said microgreens at, um, in one of the sessions there and all of the parents were absolutely fascinated by it. Oh, really? I thought everyone did that at school. Yeah, that me too. going. I feel like the times must have moved on. <laughs> yeah, they must have done since we were little. Mm. So you actually have a really, really big growing space then. So my allotment's 10 metres by 18 metres and I've just got the one. Um, do you have like a greenhouse polytunnel shed? Um, I have a polytunnel. Amazing. And I did have a greenhouse and then we had a really bad storm here, maybe last, maybe January this year. Um. And the entire greenhouse just sort of flew up in the sky and smashed down. Um, oh, no. So I don't have a greenhouse at the minute. But I'm getting a new polytunnel um, in the next few weeks, uh, which is quite a big one. So it's going to be like 14 foot by 20 foot. Oh, wow. So total clear out job to even start to set it up. But hopefully next summer, we'll just have so much space for, for growing stuff in the polytunnel. And how do you find going in a polytunnel? So mine is actually being delivered tomorrow to the farm, but I've never had one before. And lots of people talk about the fact that there's kind of different challenges to growing in a polytunnel than there is to any other kind of growing space. Yeah, what I would say is um, basically all summer, I don't know if this is right or not, you just do what you do, don't you? But I basically left the polytunnel door open day and night Mm -hmm. because I didn't really have sort of much ventilation at the bottom so they had like two vent windows it's not a huge polytunnel but it's not a tiny one it's probably like three meters by two meters or something I tried to cram a lot in there so I think I had like 20 tomato plants five six seven chilies on benches and stuff so I was really worried about airflow and sort of blight and things like that so I just left the door open day and night um 
I'm assuming yours will be a bit bigger than that so you probably won't have too much trouble squeezing everything in but <laughs> I found it really all right actually and um, it was my uncle's that he had on his allotment and then mm-hmm. as he got a bit older he started to dwindle down what he was growing so he gave me it maybe three three years ago now and it's lasted pretty well and um, we've had like 40 50 miles an hour winds and it's stayed pretty sturdy so that's amazing yeah and I feel like it just opens so many more possibilities like I have my little greenhouse shed but there's just there's not that much planting space in there because it's a shed as well it's kind of like you're constantly shuffling everything around trying to squeeze it into like little corners here and there yeah like pushing everything to the light yeah being, um, being in Newcastle I don't like I can't really grow much stuff outside mm. like it's in tomatoes chilies cucumbers I mean I've managed a few successes over the years but generally not much and I'm definitely probably not going to get a ripe tomato from outside <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the same microclimate as Devon oh definitely not so do you find it's quite is it quite cold and wet where you where you are um, yeah so today's like pretty sunny mm-hmm. but the past I don't even know maybe eight days it's just rained I think I've maybe had one nice day in September so far Um, and this summer has actually been quite nice yeah Um, I think it's been like a a weird abnormal summer for everyone really we had like a week or maybe even two weeks of like 35 degrees a day (laughs) it was hot (laughs) I think we might have got up to 30 actually maybe like once or twice but Mm -hmm. um that's the thing like you hope for sun and then my vegetables suffered anyway in the heat in that like massive heat so you can't yeah it was so frustrating all summer because it was so hot and so dry and then I feel like someone just flicked a switch like it's been raining here for weeks I don't even remember how long it's been raining for in the first day that it rained we were buzzing and we were like oh my god the water butts are gonna fill up like plants finally gonna get what they need it was just before the wedding so it must have been like mid-August that it started raining and then it just hasn't stopped and we're like well you know that's great we've had enough now thank you yeah we'll have some sunshine back please yeah when you say the tomatoes ripening it's like prime time now we need that sunshine to get everything ready yeah I've had to pull a load of mine off actually just pulled them off green mm-hmm I do yeah. feel feel like it gives a really good flavor to things though my um I did like a green tomato sweet chili jam type thing last year and it was the best thing that I've ever like preserved from the allotment and the green tomatoes really gave it like a depth of flavor and everyone who was talking about it was saying it tastes like there's something green in there like they couldn't quite put their finger on it and I was like it must be the green tomatoes that are just adding something a bit different. Yeah, I think I'm going to make a, I was going to make a green chutney actually, but I like the sound of something a bit like spicy because I've got a few chilies to use as well, actually. I would 100% recommend it. Just goes with everything, like with camembert, it's unreal. I'll find the recipe. So, but lots of people have asked me about the recipe this year and I've been so busy that I haven't actually gone back to find the recipe and send it to them. So if anyone's listening, I will put the, put the recipe <laughs> somewhere sometime soon. <laughs> Um, but you've done loads of preserving this year. I've been very inspired by how much you're managing to store for later in the year. Yeah, I've got really into it actually this year. I think in years previous, I've just kind of been a bit overwhelmed with what I've had and not really 
to be honest, like I haven't really known what to do with it in some years. Mm. I've ended up throwing stuff out um, when it's been sat there for too long. And I just didn't want to do that this year. Um, so yeah, there's so much stuff that you can do. And it's, it is a bit time consuming at times. Um, I made some chili sauce and I had a day seed, like 500 grams of chili. <laughs> took so long and then my fingers were burning because you should wear gloves so if anyone is listening who's gonna make chili sauce wear gloves don't follow by my example um <laughs> but yeah it's it's been fun I've enjoyed it actually um yeah it's been really good I feel like you've done so many cool things that I've never seen done before as well where have you been getting your inspiration for what to do with honestly just on Instagram and sort of on the internet in general um I've got a allotment cookbook in the kitchen, so it goes everything from weeds to, you know, weird and funky veg that you can do and how to preserve it. And I've just took loads of advice from that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I can't remember her name on Instagram. I think it's like Plot81. I think. Oh, Danny. Yeah, she does some really cool stuff. Um, she does. Made like a cherry blossom syrup, so I'd give that a go Ooh. and. Um, she's just made a mushroom salt with um, penny buns and I actually found a penny bun mushroom on Sunday when I was out with the dog so I think I'm going to dehydrate it and give that a go as well um, but yeah just everyone on Instagram everyone's just got some really cool things going on and definitely Danny is also one of my absolute inspirations she did like a like a rhubarb and herb honey I think it's like a fermented honey type thing and I've got it in my kitchen I haven't I need to strain it but um it just it looked that when she did it I was like that is genius that like, I don't even love honey but I feel like if it's infused with rhubarb and herbs and things I'll be putting that I really want to bake a cake with it basically that would be lush mm. um so you were talking about mushrooms and this is one thing that really fascinates me but I am one of those people that is a bit scared of them so how did you get into kind of like foraging for mushrooms Honestly, it's just kind of evolved over the years. Um, just sort of my friends are put into it. And mm-hmm. I have good friends who have always enjoyed foraging. Um, you know, whether it's sort of edible or not, just the different varieties of mushrooms, sort of the environment that they're in. And I think because I live pretty close to like some woods and stuff like I'm out with the dog and you just spot them and then you spend half the time taking photos of the mushrooms instead of walking the dog um but it was just sort of accidental really again like gardening sort of got into it a little bit and then wanted to learn more and then got books and watched mm-hmm. videos I am still a bit nervous though about eating them um yeah so this is my thing every time I see something and I'm like it could be this but like I'm a bit too scared to go yeah (laughs) yeah I know what you mean and yeah like I say I found a penny bun and I think I messaged like five of my friends to be like is this really a penny bun looked it on the internet looked at videos um but I'm 100% certain that it is so oh amazing and have you ever tried growing them like from like a growing kit or something like on the allotment or at home I have, yeah. Um, I got some scent from Marvelous Mushrooms, which mm-hmm. are and they sent me shiitake blocks and lion's mane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had quite a lot of success with those in the house. Um, and then 
at work I work with a guy who grows mushrooms on site so oh cool give me some mushroom spawn um and we planted that in the allotment and now I've got blue oysters and king oysters popping up so I've had about two kilograms of blue oyster mushrooms in the that's amazing um which is pretty good because I tried it in the summer to grow kingstophoria which are like the big red toadstool looking ones um but I did not I didn't have any success with them at all so I kind of thought maybe I didn't have the right conditions or something but hmm. the blue oysters like the like the conditions that they're in so oh that's really cool so I got some um I think it was red wine cap mushroom spawn um someone had messaged me because I have a lot of my parts of wood chip anyway and I was trying to figure out what to do with some of the ones on the outside that are kind of a bit unnecessary it feels like a bit of wasted growing space because whoever put the beds in before the paths were really wide like much wider than they needed to be um, and so I was trying to figure out how I could like make the most of what was there and they said oh you should try the red wine cap mushrooms in like that bit because you'll just be able to put them in and kind of mix it in and I've not seen any yet. I think it's been a couple of months, but I don't really know how long I need to wait. And because it was, I did it and then it was it literally that heat wave kicked off a couple of days later. I thought it was probably not, not ideal mushroom conditions. Yeah, I'm not sure about those ones, but I definitely had to be more patient than I had hoped. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're really specific. So I think I might be totally wrong here because I'm definitely not a mushroom expert, but I think the start of fruit when it gets to a certain temperature so I think some are 24 degrees some are 15 so maybe like okay in autumn they might start and pop up oh that's interesting I won't give up hope just yet then I keep weeding the path in that area just just in case they do kind of spring up because I really love mushrooms I'm just I the reason I was keen to go for those ones because they're very distinctive looking and I was like, I won't be too confused with anything else because they are quite specific. Because um, there's so much wood chip, I do have a lot of mushrooms on the allotment. I'm just a little bit scared to eat any of them in case there's something terrible. So what did, did it, was it like mushroom spawn that you got that you planted under your wood chip? It was like a, it was like a bag of wood chip that was kind of like inoculated. Oh. You could see all of the, the my, mycelium. Yeah. Uh, like all oh. over the wood chip. Oh, that's cool. What you could do is as well as if you want to see if it's growing, um, you can just like push the wood chip around a bit. And if it's like kind of more, if there's like more mycelium than when you put it in, it's like really white. It should be quite grown quite a lot. Then that's oh, OK. Oh, I'll definitely check that out when I go down. But I just think it's so cool and I would love to be able to grow my own. And like I'm, I'm imagining I've never actually had any like foraged or homegrown ones, but that they're so much tastier than the ones you buy from the shops. Because I always buy like classic button mushrooms, which are just like a plain mushroom, aren't they? Yeah, it's mad actually how different even the smell. Like, I don't know how what they do with mushrooms um that you buy in the shop, but the one the ones that you pick on the allotment are um that you forage just smell so much more like mushroomy. Like obviously. <laughs> smell amazing mm, I'm really excited for it I, I would love to try one of those kits that you can grow at home but they grow so quickly it freaks me out a little bit <laughs> yeah want like the tiny little pins and then the next morning you wake up and it's like huge they're almost like alien like aren't they yeah I bought a friend of mine one of the, I think it was a marvelous mushrooms kit 
for her birthday a couple of years ago and she sent me like daily updates and she'd like videoed it and you could see it growing in the video and I was like that's really cool but I think that if that was in my spare room I would be freaking out because it, it I know that it won't do anything but it feels just a bit alien like it grows at that speed I love watching the time lapse of them though mm. there's loads of stuff on the internet that um you can watch the time lapse of the mushrooms growing and it's like insane how quickly they do it yeah I'm I'm gonna have to give it a go because I see it constantly and I'm like it looks so cool and I that um lion's mane one just looks amazing yeah that one's beautiful actually because they they're like pink before the mature actually so oh really look so good um yeah they're really really cool I think she we got her the lion's mane ones and they were like pink maybe pink oyster mushrooms um but they were just beautiful yeah there was um it Hampton Court actually there was a mushroom company there I don't know the Cayley brothers was it I feel like they did some talks in the tent yeah I think yeah I think it was them they had some pink oysters just in black thin bags just dotted around the whole stall it looked really really good oh cool I barely saw anything at the show so I definitely didn't see them but I'll check them out (laughs) oh yeah you must have been so busy this year yeah it was a a busy time did you have an amazing time at the show though it was such lush weather for it it was amazing um it was just it was more like a festival like it felt really like really good atmosphere and obviously the weather helped but yeah I loved it absolutely loved it it was such an amazing week so many people said as well that they it was their first time because they've obviously rebranded it to I think it's like the Hampton Court Garden Festival now as opposed to the flower show and so many people like we probably won't go back to Chelsea now because the festival is so much more spacious and it's more about like enjoying yourselves rather than like cramming in trying to see like one garden yeah I didn't I was about to say that and then I thought shall I say that or not but yeah um I I went to Chelsea this year as well and it was amazing um Mm. I've always wanted to go uh but I didn't really know much about Hampton Court to be honest um, but I just it is in my opinion I had a better time at Hampton Court than I did at Chelsea um, I agree which, I went to Chelsea this year as well <laughs> yeah there was just so much more to see as well and I felt like it was there was more that was kind of like you could take a lot more away from it as opposed to it just being about seeing amazing show gardens and buying things <laughs> yeah I thought it hadn't been caught as well. It was a, it was a lot more that was based upon the style of gardening that I was interested in. Mm. So obviously the part of gardens, which was pretty cool, and then the uh, the whole section for the allotment bit. Um, and I didn't really feel like that Chelsea had that sort of vibe to it, like the the growing thing. Definitely, no. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously I had the most amazing experience there, but I think it was so nice as well because there were so many of the like allotment gardeners squad kind of like mingling around and it was so nice to see other people on the stages as well like Stephanie Hafferty on the stage Ellen Marie Mary Ellen Mary um Beardy Gardener like there was just so many cool people doing cool things I think it was a real like big inspiration for a lot of people yeah I took a lot away from it as well definitely Mm. I'm excited to go again next year (laughs) I will still go to Chelsea next year I just I think it, like the comparison, Hampton Court is way above Chelsea for me. Yeah, we need to have one up north. 
Yeah. They're all, down, they're all like down south. They're all like far away from here, but it'd be good to have a one up north. How far is it for you to travel down? So, mm, probably about six hours in total, I would think. Mm-hmm. But by the time you sort of got on the train to London and then it's a little bit out of London, isn't it? So maybe like five and a half, six hours in total. Mm-hmm. It's still like three to four for me as well. Yeah. I feel like we should be super close, but just live in the middle of nowhere and it's like at least an hour to get to anything. Yeah, I had a, like, for some reason, I assumed that you were much closer to it. But then when you were saying that you'd lumbered all your plants in the van and been in the van for like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, I think the first day it actually did take us like five hours to drive up. It was crazy. Is that because you were driving so slowly because all your plants, like you didn't want to just like hit them in the van? <laughs> um, my mum isn't the speediest of drivers. <laughs> no offence, mum. <laughs> but um, I, d- I don't think that she was driving. Partic- we packed everything in fairly well. There was one casualty where a tray of sweet corn went flying. Um, we had to stop off at a little service station to save it. But the sweet corn was already such a nightmare. I was like, I don't care anymore. Like, we just need to get there. <laughs> leave it <laughs> yeah um just quickly going back to the preserving because I forgot to ask what would you say is your favorite thing that you have like the best recipe you've preserved this year mm. or any year I made this year I've made a plum sauce for the first time Ooh, and that was just amazing I had it with um like calamari and stir fry the other night and mm. it was so good like it's I love plum sauce anyway, um, but it was just like the best one I've ever tasted. If I'm blowing my own trumpet, um, <laughs> that was just so nice. And we've got two big plum trees on the allotment and I just didn't know what I'd do with them all. And I'd made, I think, 10 or 15 jars of plum jam already. Mm-hmm. So everyone saw it for Christmas. But um, so I just decided to make that. I'd never made it before, but I would definitely make it again. I wish I had a fruit tree that actually fruited. Um, but plum sauce sounds amazing. Big fan of plum sauce. Don't don't eat hoisin. So homemade plum sauce sounds unreal. What fruit trees have you got on your allotment? I've got a pear tree um, that I someone bought me as a present from Tesco. You know, those like five pounds fruit trees. And I planted it up and it's basically looked dead for the last three years. Uh, I took it out of a pot and put it in the ground, but I think in the drought, it just really didn't do well. I do have a fig tree, which this year has got so many figs on it. It's really come back well after we pruned it last year. But I just, that I find that the fruits don't often ripen. So I need to find some recipes on what to do with like underripe figs um, because they just don't quite, but I've had one ripe one this year and there's maybe like two or three that I think might, ripen in time but the rest are just little green hard nubs <laughs> oh that's lush I'd love a fig tree do you grow is that inside or outside it's outside so apparently um the guy not the guy who had the allotment before me but the one that had it before him his name was fig and he planted this fig tree oh. and I don't think it ever produced while he was there uh, and I don't think it produced while this person before me had the allotment either but obviously it's just decided to come into its own in the last, I think I had a few last year and then after we pruned it, it's definitely taken a big, big jump up in its growth. Oh, I'd love a fig tree. I've mm. got quite a lot of fruit trees, but I haven't got a fig tree. Um, so I might have to add it in the mix. What other fruit trees do you have? Um, 
I've got two plums, an apple, a pear, and a cherry. Oh, a cherry. The cherry tree's pretty prolific, actually. Really? Um, And the pears have just started to fruit this year. So we've got seven pears in total. Amazing. A lot compared to the last three years when we've gotten on. (laughs) I feel like it must be such a huge achievement, though, even to just get one. Oh, I have a... What is it? A peach tree. It's called the oh. Lady Garden Peach. I only bought it because it had Lady Garden in it. Um, and it had one tiny little peach this year that I'd managed to pollinate. And one of the babies was in the in the greenhouse and they just knocked the little furry fruit off. And I was like, that was my one peach of the year. Oh, oh bless them. They were so cute at the festival, at the Hampton. <laughs> they were just running riot and they started off so nervous. And then the next thing you they you knew, someone would I'd say something about the garden. They were like, "My garden, my it's my garden. I grew these plants." <laughs> yeah, they were just loving life, weren't they? Yeah, I think um, Noah got a bit fed up after a while. He just wanted to go and see the bees because they were in the tent behind us. And I was like, "Noah, I'm I'm working. You go see the bees with mummy." And he's like, "I don't want to see the bees with mummy. I want you to come." <laughs> oh man. But I do think it, like this year as well, there's a lot more for kids than there ever has been before. There was like a little forest schooly tent, which was quite Oh, cool. was that? I didn't mm. see that. It was in the allotment section, but I feel like it wasn't super well signposted. Um, I didn't realise what it was until like the end of the week. <laughs> oh, we should check that out. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled next time. I'm waiting for them to bring out their allotment information actually for, for next year exciting um I think it usually comes out around January February time oh does it Mm, it's quite late compared to the other applications because it was actually yesterday was the deadline for um the last of the show gardens like the get started garden and the young designer um which I haven't applied for just in case anyone thinks that's why I know the deadline (laughs) it's a bit much for me this year but I'd like to do one in the future. Would you do it again? A hundred percent. I absolutely just, it was just such an amazing experience all round. And I think, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. It was really stressful, but I think the paperwork is actually the most stressful bit. Um, So yeah, would definitely recommend anyone considering it. You should definitely do it. just out of interest I don't haven't decided yet what I'm doing but just out of interest I've like looked at the application and it's like 2d 3d plan like list of this list of that I'm like what like it's not it's not as hardcore as you think um what I would recommend anyone listening who wants to do it as well um if you email um the show manager she's called Nat she's really lovely she'll send you three examples of the previous applications I'll send you a picture of the plan I submitted. So my 3D drawing was literally a pencil drawing that looked like it had been done by a four-year-old that I'd done with some colouring pencils I bought from Tesco at like 11pm one night. I remember. I remember seeing that. Do you remember? Yeah. So that's what I submitted. And then on Canva, that was my 2D plan. And I just put shapes and like written the text over it. Um, God knows how they let me in because my application was not great. (laughs) But I think as long as you've got like a really good, uh, like a strong idea, and then you really have to have the tie to the community. So for me, it was Plastic Free North Devon. 
Um, but there's so many different ways you can tie it into the community. So yeah, if you need any help with your application, I'm happy to help. Thank you. You'll go through it all again. <laughs> <laughs> the application was probably the least stressful bit. It's the paperwork once you, you're accepted. <laughs> oh, really? It's just like risk assessments and like public liability insurance and all the things that I just it hadn't even crossed my mind that they would need them. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's an amazing experience. And the show team are so supportive and just there for everything you need. Like Nat would ring me up if I if, if there was something that I had not submitted. I'd just get a little phone call being like, is this something you're struggling with? Like, we can help you. Like, let us know what you need from us. And like, we're here for whatever you need. Um, and the same when you're at the show, like they're constantly wandering around, making sure that everyone's sorted with what they need. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice yeah. And all of the other people in the allotment section were really lovely as well. Like we met just so many amazing people that had done such cool things and hearing about everyone's stories was really lovely. Yeah, there were some amazing ones. Mm, the knitted veg, they absolutely yeah. deserve to win the best allotment in the show because they were just... They actually, I don't know if you read about the story, but it was, they all knitted those vegetables in lockdown. And then they were like, we need to do something with the, all these vegetables. Like, what are we going to do with them? Oh, I hadn't read that. Oh, that makes it a bit even more special, doesn't it, actually? Yeah. And then they sold off all of the little knitted veget on the last day. I've got um, a little beetroot and a couple of snails. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So the show aside, because I could talk about the show for absolute hours, um, going back to your allotment, what have you got or have you got anything growing over the winter season? Have you kind of prepared for that? Yeah, I say this honestly every year. I'm like, I'm going to do so much over the winter. I'm honestly going to grow so much and I'm really bad for it. Honestly, I'm horrendous. So this year, um, obviously at work, it's a bit different because mm-hmm. we're still... I'm like really on the ball at work compared to at home um but I'm just gonna put loads of onion garlic and shallots in and just sort of overwinter them um Wilkinson's have just brought all their range out and I got some from Dobby's and some online and stuff so I think I've got about 300 onion sets and oh wow garlic so I'm just gonna plant all of them out um and I've got some brassicas in and I might overwinter some pak choy in the polytunnel, but that is a big might. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to leave stuff in that doesn't really need to be maintained as much. I definitely yeah. don't go to the allotment as much as I do in the summer in the winter. I'm really, really, I'm really bad for it, actually. But, a fair weather gardener. <laughs> yeah, I am, actually. Um, I definitely am. But hopefully we'll get a good harvest off the onions and the garlic. So Definitely. I feel like that sounds like a really productive winter for low maintenance as well yeah do you do much in the winter again the same as you I always go in with the best intentions and then there's never anything for me to harvest over the winter but I think what I'm going to do this year so for next year my allotment's going to be all veg again because obviously the flowers going to the farm um but I want to make it like really really low maintenance like I want to try a lot more perennial veg and kind of go down that route so it's much easier to maintain and maybe I'll convince my mum and sister to kind of take it over a little bit so what I'm thinking is over the winter because the winter is always where I do all of my like big projects and jobs and things like last winter was the best um but I'll be at the farm setting the beds up at the flower farm this winter so I'm going to do I think I'm just going to really try and go in on microgreens at home 
and keep those going consistently over the winter and then just plant out I probably will do a few like onions and garlic over the winter at the allotment but for the main part it will just be anything perennial that can go in this side of the winter will and if not it will kind of wait till next year but I just find it really tough because brassicas don't do super well on my allotment I guess it's probably different in the winter but like my broccoli always bolts and my cauliflower always bolts and my cabbages even though they were under protection this year they got I don't know if they got some kind of disease or what really happened to them I wasn't really there for a lot of the year so I didn't see what happened I just saw them absolutely disseminated they it looks like the caterpillars and um, butterflies still managed to get in somehow I must have not put the netting on properly so it's not been a great year for those anyway um, but we did plant up a little kind of like winter veg planter with some pak choy and some other like winter leaves which I think I'm going to pop it in the greenhouse and then just hope that there's at least like a little something to kind of keep going through the winter yeah a little harvest mm. but I've got so many tomatoes I'm just trying to figure out what the best I've chucked loads of them in the freezer and they need to go in bags or something because they're going to get a frostbite but I'm trying to figure out what I can do to kind of like keep those in a way that I'm going to use them for as long as possible so I think I'm going to try and do a load of passata because I love passata I feel like that's quite a versatile um, thing and then definitely some more sweet chili jam mm-hmm. and yeah I have to think about some other things <laughs> Yeah, I think it's easy to let stuff fall by the side during winter. Mm. Um, but I've got a front yard now that I've like I've just moved into a house like no last, way. last year. Um, it's not massive by any means, but I've just got loads of containers this year. So I tried like growing kale and stuff in a bucket. So I might try and like you were saying, get sort of a perennial kale or something. Mm. So I've just got something just outside the front door. Um. I have got a perennial kale plant and I think that now is the right time to take cuttings. So I will send you some cuttings if I can oh, make lovely. them successful. Yeah, How many years have you had it? Um, two or three, maybe two. Um, Luke's plot, I don't know if you follow him. I think he's Luke's plot 14, maybe. He sent me some plug plants like a couple of years ago. The pigeons absolutely love mine. Um, but I tell people all the time I'll give them cuttings and I forget but I will definitely do it this year because it really needs a good cut back and it, you might as well make the most of the fact that those cutting backs can become new plants. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. No I worries. I never had any problems with pigeons. And then my friend's got an allotment not far from me and they've got sort of pigeon huts on her allotment site. She's always had trouble. And they bought an old trampoline and sort of... um. I don't really know what they did with it, but they made a massive brassica cage. Really, really cool. And I was like, oh, I don't have any trouble with pigeons. Like, none at all. Like, I don't even know what people are on about when they do. <laughs> and then they decimated my kale, my even um, the tops of my beetroot, just completely decimated. No. That's nuts after all that time. Yeah, I know. It's mad. I think, like, there's... They almost like sit and watch you, and then as soon as you leave, they like swoop down and get it. Loads yeah. of times. The amount of times I've walked into the allotment to literally see them snacking, and I'm like, "Are you joking?" Yeah, I think they must just wait until you leave, and then they're like, "Right, 
we'll just watch you plant all this and let's eat it. A hundred percent. So frustrating. The trampoline rescue cage sounds cool though. Yeah, it's really cool. She's called um Half Plot Happiness on Instagram. I don't know if you follow her. Oh uh, yeah, I think I do actually. Um, yeah, so that that looks really, really good. And I think they've managed to get absolutely loads of brassicas now that it's properly done. Oh, dead jealous. One day I'll conquer them. One day. Yeah, I've never been good with brassicas either. No. I think well, on my lot, the problem is it is a really sunny site and the brassicas don't love full sun. Like they're definitely better in like a bit of a shady area. So maybe I'll find a little patch of them at the flower farm that there's a bit of shade. Yeah, hopefully. Um, do you grow many flowers at all on your allotment? <clears throat> Not really. Like I've got quite a big flower patch when I first go in, but that's just bulbs that mm-hmm. if they pop back up, they pop back up. I've never sort of dug up my my bulbs or anything. Um, yeah. I got quite into dahlias last year, um, and I probably should have dug up the tubers, but I didn't. Um, so some did pop back up uh but other than that not really to be honest I feel like I haven't got the patience for it I know <laughs> but so I'd like have to plant and I get really confused with flowers it's like if I plant it now is it gonna flower next year or am I gonna have to wait another year like it's I just I can't I don't think I'll be able to keep a seedling alive for two years <laughs> until it flowers so it is the like deciphering the categories is I mean I still find it a challenge now like I miss sowing the biannuals which is the ones where it takes two years to flower mm-hmm. I've sown hardy annuals um which will flower next year but I go for most of it I'll just plant sow it in the spring and then anything that will flower I'll only sow things that will flower like during the spring summer mm-hmm. like early autumn kind of time because I just it, it's just so much to remember with them I feel like it's not like veg where it's like sow the seed the plant will grow that year yeah definitely um I do love like alliums though Mm. allotment, and I don't know if I'm wrong or right but I don't think you have to dig up those bulbs I don't know but I I never do and they've come back this year like tenfold like I don't know if the the double or whatever but there's so many more flowers than there was last year yeah they're so good aren't they although I sometimes cut them and take them home and then I'm like why does it stink of garlic in here and obviously because it's part of the garlic family that's why but I think they look great all year as well like when they dry they have such like an architectural like beauty yeah they're amazing when they dry actually and um, mm. one one flower I did manage to grow this year from seed actually was snapdragons the no one. way they're they so really hard nice. to grow yeah they were are they I just, this year, I found them a bit of a nightmare. Mine flowered about two weeks ago, and I was like, you're about two months too late for me. <laughs> to be fair, they were really, really small. There's some on Instagram that I've seen, and they're, like, so, like, tall and beautiful and, like, yeah. four foot, four foot, four inches, but... <laughs> Mine are about 30 centimetres, but they're all, like, on a wonk, so they're not usable. <laughs> At least we got them, though. Yeah, they take quite a long time to germinate and then they're really timely and quite fiddly. So I think that's quite a big win on growing flowers. Yeah. Um, do you have any massive epic fails that you've had over your time growing? So many. <laughs> um, so, so many. Um, most epic fail has to be not 
and it isn't actually a growing related one um but most epic fail has to be not securing down a greenhouse properly um, and they're getting destroyed so we're just kind of banked on the fact that the glass would hold it down because it's heavy yeah I was like well it's really heavy nothing will happen and then I think we got one grown season out of it bought it second hand it sat for like a year and a half on the allotment we eventually built it and then we maybe got three months of growing season out of it and then it got destroyed so that is down the biggest fail that I've had on the (laughs) in terms of um growing veg it's different every year really yeah. This year, my squash have been horrendous. Um, oh, really? Mine have too. Mm-hmm. I've read actually, apparently, a lot of people are saying that the courgettes and stuff have been rubbish this year. I don't know why, or I don't know if it's to do with the weather or something, but a lot of people have said their courgettes haven't been that good. I'm glad to hear that because I feel like courgettes is one of those things where everyone has this huge glut every single year. And I don't love courgette, so I don't need a huge glut, but mine just never seemed to thrive. And this has definitely been the worst year for them. Yeah, the, um, I'm used to having massive courgette plants, actually. And I still got quite a few courgettes off them. They're still fruiting pretty well, but the plants just did not grow. Oh, how weird. Yeah. Um, I found as well, I don't know if it was this, like similar where you are, because obviously we're quite far apart, but uh, everything just got such bad powdery mildew this year like even the weeds had powdery mildew I was like what is going on yeah definitely like I said even in my garden so I've just got them in containers so they're not amongst each other or anything really Um, they even got really bad powdery mildew so I don't know how bizarre I think it might be something to do with the extreme heat and then the absolute pour down acid. yeah it must be very frustrating yeah. but who knows what next year's growing season might be like I know it's just so different every year isn't it yeah things down like um in my phone or whatever or like on in a diary or something and so like harvested on this day like what the weather was like and every year it's just different like you can't rely on what happened previously really no and everyone seems to remember the year differently so I my like number one goal for next year is to actually fill out I've got so many of those like five-year gardener planners where it like helps you track everything that's going on I've never once written a note in them but um I just think it's such a good idea because I would love to be able to remember specifically what was happening this time last year yeah so it's like you can compare Mm, definitely so have you got anything exciting planned for kind of like over the winter or into next year that you're really looking forward to so like I said the polytunnel I'm pretty Mm. excited about that um and then I've got a few things going on um sort of not really um in the garden as such but still related to gardening so I'm going to be doing some articles and things amazing um, exciting so yeah everything is garden related at the minute for some reason I feel like my whole life's just been taken over by accidentally Um, (laughs) obviously you totally feel like that as well but it's really exciting it's good definitely I think it's so nice as well that you like wake up every day and you're going to do something a little bit different gardening related and it doesn't get monotonous or you feel like you're constantly doing the same thing because every day is completely different yeah totally every day it's something different and I think as well like especially up here with the weather and with now working um 
it by the river so if, if it's raining normally I would be like not go to the allotment whereas now I can just go upstairs and still be with loads of plants in the microgreens so it's just the variety of it's still really good even though it's the same job every day definitely and can I ask what do, what you did before you worked there yeah um I was a dental nurse no way <laughs> yeah so it was very it was completely different because obviously the environment and everything but it, obviously it's normally when obviously in a dental practice it's so clean and then all of a sudden I'm like covered in mud my fingers are always nails are always hacky but yeah so it's just it's just much better actually I like it much better and obviously I made lovely friends when I was working in dental nursing who I'm still in touch with now and I would never change it but I'm definitely happy yeah I definitely wake up in the morning don't dread going to work yeah I would agree with you there what did you do before you got the farm were you in marketing was it yeah so I still kind of freelance in PR a little bit now but um I've worked in marketing for like eight or nine years so it's just always been a desk job and I always thought that I was like a career gal just wanted to climb up the ladder and be super successful which like I was in I was quite successful in what I did I just like when I left my job I was like I I don't really think I'm leaving because I hate my job or it's a terrible company I just there's something else I want to do more (laughs) oh wow well done for having the uh, confidence to do it because it's quite a big leap isn't it yeah it's um I mean I'm only two months in and I don't regret it but there are days when I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just leaving such stability. <laughs> yeah. That is all very exciting. Yeah. Um, so my final question I have for you, um, and then I'll let you crack on with your day. Uh, do you have any like gardening goals, aspirations that you kind of are working towards? Like some people really want to be self-sufficient or want to be able to feed themselves all year round. I've just set a really a small-ish goal for 2023 so like I was saying I'm going to plant loads of onions and garlic out I have a goal not to buy an onion or garlic next year love that idea just that kind of start a bit a bit small and then work my way up and then hopefully eventually I won't have to buy any vegetable and I'm a very 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 long way off that but you've got to start somewhere don't you I think that's such a good way to set your goals that I've never thought of it in that way my goals are always like grow all of the veg for Christmas dinner and then last year I was like okay so I've got an onion (laughs) I've got a potato and I've got a carrot that's got carrot root flies is inedible (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can get carried away can't you with it definitely or like grow all of the food to eat over winter and it just is a bit unrealistic so I think it's good to set I feel like maybe I'll try, maybe I'll take inspiration from you and try and do the same. Yeah. Well, it has been absolutely wonderful chatting to you. Thank you for taking the time. And hopefully we will see each other again next year at the show. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you for having me on. It's been lovely. Thank you. And just for everyone watching who wants to come follow you, if they're not already, do you want to let us know again where we can find you? Yeah, I'm gingergrows1 on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Anne. Have a good day. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and please leave a review so that other lovely planty people can discover our stories. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your questions or stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email 
diaryofaladygardener@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Mm-hmm.